the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. And I want you to know here and note this, that during times of crisis in Israel, God always raised up a prophet to proclaim the word of the Lord to his people. God always raised up a prophet to declare the word of the Lord to his people. During a time of crisis or national emergency, the people needed to hear the word of the Lord. Have you ever experienced a crisis in your life where you didn't know what to do or where to turn? A time when you really needed help and you were at the end of your rope? In today's message, Pastor Dan shares about a time when the nation of Israel was in a tough spot and God sent his word to them through his prophet Joel. Israel really needed the refreshing that came from God's word in that season they were in, the same refreshing that his word can give you today, in whatever season you're in. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Joel chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that it's alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you that you speak to us out of your word every time we open it. And Lord, we ask that your spirit would be our teacher and that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. I pray and ask, Lord, that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the book of Joel is the second of the minor prophets, the second of the 12 minor prophets in the Bible. Hosea was the first book of the minor prophets. And remember, the minor prophets are called minor, not because they're less important, but because they're shorter books. Joel is only three chapters, uh, but it's a very important prophetic book. The book of Joel Because it's so short, it might be a book you might be tempted to just kind of skip over or just skim through, but the book of Joel is essential for understanding God's prophetic program. The Old Testament scholar Charles Feinberg said, listen to this, no prophet of the Old Testament has a more important revelation of the end times than Joel. That's quite a statement. No prophet of the Old Testament has a more important revelation of the end times than Joel. The name Joel means Jehovah is God. Jehovah is God. So his name is kind of like a a short confession of faith. You say the name Joel, you're saying Jehovah is God. It's like saying Jesus is Lord. Jehovah is God. Nothing is really known about Joel or his background. We're told in verse 1, that he was the son of Pethuel, but we don't know anything about Pethuel either. This is the only place he's mentioned 
in the Bible, we can infer from the text that Joel lived and ministered in the southern kingdom of Judah. Remember, the kingdom was divided after Solomon into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Joel lived in the southern kingdom of Judah. He mentions the priests and the offerings at the temple, so it's possible that he lived in Jerusalem. The book of Joel is quoted in the book of Amos and in the book of Isaiah. So Joel was written before Amos and Isaiah. But we don't know the precise time of his ministry. You know, several of the prophetic books that we've already looked at They begin by telling us the kings that reigned during the ministry of that prophet. For example, in Hosea, Hosea begins by telling us the word of the Lord came to Hosea in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So Hosea begins by giving us like this time stamp of the time that Hosea ministered, but Joel doesn't provide that information for us at all. So we can't pinpoint the time of Joel's ministry. When Joel ministered is not as important as what Joel ministered, as we'll see. The book of Joel is quoted in the New Testament in a couple places. And themes from the book of Joel are repeated in the New Testament, showing us the importance of this little book. And I just want to show you some examples of Joel in the New Testament. So if you want to begin by turning over to Matthew chapter 3. And this is during the ministry of of John the Baptist as he was baptizing people out in the Judean wilderness, calling them to repentance. And in Matthew chapter 3 verse 10, John says, And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And John says essentially to the crowd, if you repent, Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. But if you do not repent, Jesus will baptize you with fire. Fire in the Bible is a symbol of God's judgment. So those who repent will receive the Holy Spirit. Those who do not repent, judgment. Now, where did John get this? Joel. He got this from the book of Joel. This is right out of the book of Joel. Joel declared to the people of Judah, if they do not repent, they will suffer the judgment of God. But if they do repent, God will pour out his spirit upon them in the last days. So John's message comes right out of the book of Joel. Turn with me over to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. And this is when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church for the first time. On the day of Pentecost. This is when the disciples of Jesus Christ were filled with the Holy Spirit And it says they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the people that were gathered there heard the disciples speaking of the wonderful works of God in their own tongues or in their own language. And then verse 12, now in Acts chapter 2, the crowd there, it says they were all amazed and perplexed, 
saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, well, they're full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Look at verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. To explain to the crowd what was happening, Peter pointed the crowd back to the book of Joel, saying this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And then Peter quotes from the prophet Joel in verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And he goes on there. Joel is the one who spoke of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. On believers in the last days. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we're seeing here in Acts chapter 2 That was prophesied in the book of Joel. It's a New Testament experience, a New Testament fulfillment that we actually find in the book of Joel. If you look down in verse 38, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter preaches to the crowd there in Jerusalem on Pentecost, and they're pierced and convicted by the Holy Spirit. And they ask Peter, what should we do? In verse 38, Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off. That includes us as many as the Lord, our God will call. So Peter says here, if you repent of your sins, and be baptized, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, that's not something new. That's the book of Joel. That's what the book of Joel talks about. Turn to chapter 3, the next chapter. Look down at verse 19. Again, this is when Peter preached in Jerusalem. It's a different occasion. He's preaching in the temple there in Jerusalem. And in verse 19, he says, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repentance followed by a time of refreshing from the Lord. That comes from Joel. That comes from the book of Joel. In the book of Joel, as we'll see as we work our way through the book, the land of Judah was completely destroyed by a plague of locusts, and God promised to refresh and restore the land if the people repented of their sins. And here Peter says, if you repent and believe, times of refreshing from the Lord will come. So John the Baptist and Peter were repeating promises that God made to his people in the book of Joel. Turn with me over to Romans chapter 10. This is all just the introduction. We're not even to it yet. Romans chapter 10. Now here the Apostle Paul is talking about salvation apart from keeping the law. Salvation that comes through faith or by faith in Jesus Christ. 
Romans chapter 10, verse 5. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scriptures say, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now, we often use these verses when sharing the gospel with someone or when you share the Romans road of salvation. We often quote verses 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But look at verse 13. Verse 13 declares, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a quote from the book of Joel. Chapter 2, verse 32. So, We see that the book of Joel plays an important role in understanding some pretty significant doctrines and significant passages in the New Testament. We're talking about, you know, the baptism with the Holy Spirit and salvation by faith in Jesus Christ. I'd say those are some important doctrines, right? And they're connected back to the book of Joel. So now turn back to Joel chapter 1. And the theme... The theme of the book of Joel is the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. The phrase, the day of the Lord, occurs 19 times in the Old Testament, four times in the New Testament, and it occurs five times in the book of Joel. Just three chapters. So the message of Joel is permeated with the day of the Lord. That's the theme of this book. So What is the day of the Lord? Well, the day of the Lord is not a 24-hour day, but instead it's a period of time in the future, in the future for us, in the future for Joel. It's a period of time in the future when God will interrupt human history. The day of the Lord will begin with the seven-year tribulation period and extend through the return of Jesus Christ to the earth the millennial age, the great white throne judgment, 
the creation of the new heavens and the new earth, all these events are part of the day of the Lord. And so the day of the Lord, again, it begins with the tribulation period. That's when God pours out his wrath and judgment on this rebellious world, and it goes all the way through to the eternal state. The day of the Lord begins with the seven-year tribulation. That's when God is going to intervene in human history. The beginning of the seven-year tribulation. Now, uh, you know, different scholars, different guys that you read, they may not include the new heavens and the new earth and the day of the Lord, or they might back the day of the Lord up to the rapture or something like that. Typically, we're talking about the seven-year tribulation through to the eternal state, the new heavens and the new earth. The church will not be here during the day of the Lord. The church will be raptured to heaven before the day of the Lord begins. This is what's known as the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. That's not going to be on the test in heaven, so don't worry about getting those terms right. You know, the Bible describes the day of the Lord, specifically the tribulation period, as a time of darkness, torment, anguish, turmoil, confusion, death, and massive destruction upon the earth. So that's what we're talking about primarily when we talk about the day of the Lord. We're talking about the tribulation period. But it includes all of that time from the seven-year tribulation period into the new heaven and the new earth. Now look at verse 1. It says, The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. God raised up Joel. He raised up a prophet during a time of national crisis in Judah. And as we're going to see in chapter 1, a plague of locusts invaded the land of Judah, destroyed all the crops, all the vegetation, destroying the food supply, which leads to a famine which also leads to an economic collapse in the nation. So this was a catastrophic time in the nation. In fact, look at verse 2. He says, hear this, you elders, and give ear, all you inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days? Or even in the days of your fathers? Tell your children about it. Let your children tell their children about it, and their children another generation. This crisis was unparalleled in Israel's history. No one alive remembered a time this severe or anything like this ever happening before. This is something you're going to tell your kids about and your grandkids about, your great-grandkids. You're going to be talking about this for generations. It's that severe. It's never happened before. Nothing like this. Not unlike the times that we're living in. I don't like the times that we're living in today. We live in very unprecedented times. We've never had a time like this in our history. We've never seen anything like this. And I want you to know here and note this, that during times of crisis in Israel, God always raised up a prophet to proclaim the word of the Lord to his people. God always raised up a prophet to declare the word of the Lord to his people. During a time of crisis or national emergency, the people needed to hear the word of the Lord. And a crisis in the nation became a time for a fresh hearing of the word of God for God's people. 
We see this in the New Testament with the ministry of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 6, verse 34. It says, when Jesus saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd, he began to teach them many things. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but Jesus could have done anything he wanted, right? He's Jesus. He could have, you know, started working miracles in front of the crowd. He could have done anything he wanted to in response to that crowd, but he taught them. He looks at this crowd that are strung out like sheep without a shepherd, that are weary, and he gives them a Bible study. He begins to teach them the word of God because that's what they needed. In the opinion of Jesus Christ, that was the best thing he could give them. And I think that's a pretty high opinion, right? They needed to hear the word of God. That's what people needed to hear in the Old Testament. That's what people needed to hear in the New Testament. That's what believers need to hear today. They need to hear the word of God. You know, during the time of the Roman Empire, there was a famine in northern Africa, which was part of the Roman Empire. And Caesar Nero in Rome, he heard about this famine in northern Africa in his empire. And so what did Caesar Nero do? He loaded up his circus into ships and he sent his circus to North Africa to entertain the people and to take their minds off of their famine. The people didn't need to be entertained. They needed food, right? God's people don't need to be entertained. They need food. They need the word of God. They need the meat of the word, right? Especially in a time of crisis. And so we see God always raises up a prophet to proclaim the word of God to his people during a time of crisis in the nation. He does that with Joel. Look what he says in verse 4. He now describes this plague of locusts that has hit the land of Israel, the land of Judah in particular, what the chewing locusts left, the swarming locusts has eaten, and what the swarming locusts left, the crawling locusts has eaten, and what the crawling locusts left, the consuming locust has eaten. Now, verse 4 describes the developmental stages of the locusts, the chewing locusts, the swarming locusts, the crawling locusts, and the consuming locusts. What verse 4 is indicating is that the plague of locusts completely devastated the land. There's nothing left. There's no vegetation left at all. Now, when we read about a locust plague living here in Maryland, you probably think of cicadas, right? That's what I think of, especially with the cicada hatch this past year. You know, cicadas are a curiosity. They're at worst a nuisance to us. We don't really get the whole idea of a locust plague. We don't have locust plagues here in Maryland. So let me just give you some facts about some past locust plagues in recent history. In 1888, there was a swarm of locusts in the region of Israel that covered, listen, an estimated 2,000 square miles. That's the size of the state of Delaware. A plague of locusts. In 2004, there was a swarm of locusts in Morocco that stretched for 142 miles. That's greater than the distance from here to Philadelphia. Scientists estimated that that swarm contained 69 
billion locusts. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. If you're looking for a book that could inspire an end-of-the-world fame, Joel is the place to start. This book details what's called the Day of the Lord. Many fearful things are mentioned in this book, which is a prophecy of what's to come. Why does this book matter? Well, it's a reminder that God will judge the world and the people in it for unrepentant sin. But the positive side of this is that God wants to clean things up so He can make things new. Just like dirty laundry requires washing and even bleaching to get things clean, God will do a similar thing with the world, ridding it of sin. If you're puzzled by what you've heard today or are simply concerned by this book, we'd be happy to talk with you and help your understanding of what's written in the Bible. The number you can reach us at is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. Please let us know how we can be praying for you as you listen to this series in the book of Joel. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. Pastor Dan will continue teaching through the book of Joel next time. But if you'd like to hear additional messages from this series, you can find them at calvaryec.com under the media tab. We're so glad you took the time to tune in to today's teaching, and we hope you'll continue to be a part of our listening audience here on Ring of Truth. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.